0: Well, how many is happy tonight? Happy, happy, happy? Uh, You know, that's a great teaching, and I'm thinking, what else can I add to that? What else can I say? But I must have something to say because I've got a microphone on, and I've got a book in my hand. Um, I appreciated the way that Randy Alcorn brought balance to this thought of God being happy. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that in a minute. But, you know, anything that is not in balance usually isn't healthy. Let's take our body, for instance. If our body is out of whack and there's not a balance to our health, then we've got some problems. We've got some physical issues. That we need to address, need to do with, and try to get our body back into balance. You know, we've all heard the thing about eating a balanced diet. Why is that? So that our body can develop as we grow as children and throughout life and have a healthy uh, physical body. And so I was thinking also while he was talking about the balance between God's happiness and the fact that also God is sorrowful and God gets angry and these kinds of things, I was also thinking about how that happy people uh, smile. And he's not ta- he was talking about a pasted, not a pasted smile, but a genuine smile. Happy people will smile. Unhappy people usually frown a whole lot. And they've told me that it takes a whole lot more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Now, I have to be honest with you. Yesterday was not too good of a day for me. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm studying for this message tonight on the happiness of God. And Jim, you're not too happy right now. To top the day off, I put a big long scratch down the side of my nice truck at Walmart. Pulled up into a parking spot, went into the store, my wife and I, come back out. We had run into some people that we used to pastor, they've gotten out of church, sad story, their life, but we had a good talk with them, and there were some Calvary people that came through, so we've seen all kinds of people we knew, and so we're talking to this, one, talking to that, when my wife's talking a long time to this lady while I'm talking to a man that had come to our church a few times and, and now is working uh, for a construction company in town, we were talking. And he left then, and I was back with my wife and her conversation. But then as we left, we'd invite, we'd invite him to church. And they knew that we had made the transition to Calvary. And she kind of said, yeah, 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 something like that. And so my wife started tearing up. And all the way out into the parking lot to the truck, my wife is crying. And you know when you get a lot of tears in your eyes, you can't see too well. It's blurry. Well, she goes around the side of the truck, I get in the driver's side she didn't even see that electric cart parked up here in the corner by my truck. Now I'm going to just drive straight out because there's nobody parked in front of me and if I would have just drove straight out things would have been A-OK but on my way out I angled to go out and all of a sudden I hear this noise and I stop, put it in park, get out and go around to what I could not see in the truck and there's that basket electric cart sitting there and now there's a gray scratch down my truck so I wasn't too happy about that but uh, not only do happy people smile uh, when they're happy (laughs) um, but happy people also joyous people and happiness and joy go together even though there is a, a little bit of a difference to happiness and joy I like to put it this way that Happiness is due to what happens to us. And joy is a deep thing that God does within us when we get saved, as we grow in him. He gives us J-O-Y, which I have rendered Jesus over you. If I'm preaching to people, I won't say Jesus over me because it doesn't spell joy that way. So it's Jesus over you, and you've got joy. And so that joy is just as real... uh, at the fireside of a camp out, bonfire, cookout, as it is, I should say this way, it's just as real at the graveside of a loved one as it is at that bonfire where you're having a good time and cooking hot dogs and laughing, having a good time. That joy of the Lord is just as strong and just as real both places. But when my parents died, I wasn't happy, but I was joyous because I knew where they went. And, and not only that, but, you know, happiness will, and joy will cause people to laugh. And sometimes we may just laugh at ourselves. Uh, you get up in the morning. I've done this and went to the mirror to get ready for the day. And I've looked at the hair on my head, what little I've got. And I thought, you've got to do something with that. And so I'd stay there for just a few minutes. didn't take long to do so- And it takes less time for Pastor Paul. But... <laughs> But, you know, it takes me just a little while to get it fixed, put a little spray on it, out the door I go. It didn't used to be that way. I used to have all kinds of hair, you know, when I was younger. But the Bible says that laughter doeth good like a medicine. Amen? And I'm sure that there are several of us in here, including myself, that could be healed of something. I have a chronic pain problem I've had for about three years now, and it's not getting any better. And I've prayed and prayed about it, and I've had people pray over me for it, and it's still there. I, you know, sometimes you wonder, God, why? How, long, how much longer? But God is still good in the midst of it all. And, and uh, I'm just trying to figure out what he's teaching me through this chronic pain thing. But I know there's probably some of you out there that you've been dealing with chronic pain maybe longer than I have. But God is still good, isn't he, in the midst of all of this. But I like to laugh. And sometimes I've laughed at myself Sometimes I've laughed not just with others. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes we've laughed at others, okay? And I want to, before I get into a few scriptures and, and we wrap this up, I want to give you something that might help you to laugh a little bit and let some of that healing take place in your, in your body tonight. These are favorite hymns. They're funny, the twist to them here, but favorite hymns of the church. But this is the dentist. You know, the guy that works on your teeth. The dentist hymn, which is crown him with many crowns. The weatherman's hymn is there shall be showers of blessing. The contractor's hymn, the church is one foundation. The tailor's hymn, holy, holy, holy. The golfer's hymn, there's a green hill far away. Oh, here, here's a good one for the season we're in. Politician's hymn, standing on the promises. Whoo, <laughs> the optometrist hymn, open my eyes that I may see. The IRS agent's hymn, I surrender all. The gossip's hymn, pass me not. The electrician's hymn, send the light. We just sang that over the traditional church show. Sunday or two ago, whatever. Send the light. Shoppers' hymn Jesus paid it all. And last but not least, for those who like to speed on the highway, at 45 miles per hour, God will take care of you. 55 miles per hour, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. 65, nearer my God to thee. 75, nearer still nearer. 85, this world's not my home. 95, Lord, I'm coming home. <laughs> Over 100 precious memories. Now <laughs> so that, that felt good to laugh, didn't it? Maybe that's the first. Maybe that's the first genuine laugh that, that you've had all day. I don't know uh, how your day's gone, but it does feel good to laugh. And uh, they say it releases those. What is it? Endorphins. I used to tease with my grandchildren and stuff and say it releases dolphins. <laughs> and something was wrong with Paw But anyhow, in uh, Zephaniah chapter three, verses fourteen through seventeen from the New Living Translation, the Bible there says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment. And will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over. And you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take care of you or take delight in you with gladness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Now, that sounds like God's happy in a portion of that scripture there and, and what's happening. According to Zephaniah, another passage of scripture sounds like one of God's many attributes is indeed happiness. In the video segment, we heard Randy Alcorn give various scriptures which relate to the happiness of God. He mentioned the Greek word for happiness, makarios, interpreted in our English language as the word blessed. And even when we read the Beatitudes, blessed is he, you know, this one, this one, this one, means happy is that one who goes through this and faces this and does this and so on. Um, we've heard it said many times that God is holy, but how often do we as believers say, God is happy many people see God as a condemning God not a happy God many see God as angry and not happy at all God has many 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 wonderful powerful attributes and yes anger is another one of God's attributes there are plenty of Old Testament and New Testament accounts of God's anger but there are also many accounts of God's pleasure, delight, and happiness. Um, you know, when he created everything, as he was bringing about creation, he would look at it and he'd say, that, that's good. And then when he got down to the end of it and he created mankind, he said, "It's very good. Because he created us in his image and his likeness. Though the mountains were majestic, and though the rivers were beautiful and the streams and the valleys and the hills, and all of this was beautiful. None of it compared to his highest of creation, which wasn't the animal kingdom, but it was humankind when he created Adam and Eve in his own image and his own likeness, and the ones that have an eternal living soul, mankind. So We look at God's anger just a moment. God was angry with the nation of Israel and with Israel's kings every time they turned away from obeying him. The wicked practices of the nations surrounding Israel, such as those that were uh, committing child sacrifice and were living in sexual perversion, aroused God's anger to the point that he commanded Israel to completely, completely destroy them, every man, woman, child, and animal, to remove wickedness from the land. Now, you know, they always say history repeats itself, and what God did back then, He's going to do again. At the consummation of all things, God is going to destroy the face of this earth with fervent heat, with fire, the Bible says. And He's going to set up a new heaven and a new earth. Sin will never be again, and we will rule and reign with Him forever and forever. Now, that'll make us happy. Makes, we look around today, and there's not a whole lot that can can make us happy. I mean, if you listen to Fox News or you listen to any news reports, there's so much despair and so much unhappiness and, and lack of hope here and lack of hope there. And, and we realize that we're living in the end times, the last days, and our, our only hope is in Jesus Christ. It even lets us know in the Bible that we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many is looking for him to come? He's coming back after those that are looking for him to come, so you better look for him if you're not already. And and he's not only coming back for those who look, he's coming back after those who are loving his appearing. They are desiring for him to return. Now, yes, we desire for every man, woman, boy, girl, friend, relative to get saved. And we don't know exactly when the rapture is going to take place, but I do know this. It doesn't matter if it's tonight, next week, next month, or next year. Whenever Jesus splits the eastern skies, there's still going to be a lot of people, even in my family probably, unless divine intervention takes place. Miracles can happen. But there's going to be a lot of people still left behind. Not everybody's going. Not everybody's going. Um, So God told him to destroy everything. Just as a parent becomes angry at anything that would hurt his children, so God's anger is directed at that which would harm his people and their relationship with him. Eight times in the King James Version, the Scriptures talk about being slow to anger. In that chorus that we sang tonight, it was in there about how God is slow to anger. Love that. And then six of those times, of those eight times, pertain to how God is slow to anger. The other two times are about man and his anger. In Nehemiah 9:16 through 17, from the ESV version, "'But they and our fathers acted presumptuously "'and stiffened their neck "'and did not obey your commandments. "'They refused to obey and were not mindful "'of the wonders that you performed among them, "'but they stiffened their neck "'and appointed a leader to return "'to their slavery in Egypt. "'But you are a God ready to forgive, "'gracious and merciful, slow to anger, "'and abounding in steadfast love,' And, he, and, and Nehemiah is saying, and you did not forsake them. Well, doesn't that go along with the scripture that says he will never leave us nor forsake us? Even when God has maybe been a little angry with you or me because we did not always obey his commands, aren't you glad that he did not leave us nor forsake us? Aren't you glad that We're the the clay, and he's the potter, and that when he sees a mar in the vessel of our life, in this clay vessel, that he doesn't throw us down into a million pieces, but he puts us back up on the wheel again. He moistens that clay that we are by his Holy Spirit, and he begins to do a work on our life, and he makes us a usable vessel. I'm so glad he just doesn't put us up on a shelf and say, I'm done with you, or cast us down and break us into a million pieces. He's such a wonderful God. He gets angry, but he doesn't stay angry, you know. And there's a reason for God's anger, as we've said, because of sin. It's just like we, uh, we should be angry with the sin in people's lives but love the sinner. We should love what God loves, hate what God hates, Well, God loves people. So we should love people. And yet if those people that we love are in sin... We can hate their sin and we can talk to them about their sin in the right way, in the right tone, with the love of Christ and let the Spirit of God lead and guide and direct us and then we can pray for them. Ezekiel 33, 11, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their wicked ways and live. In the New Testament, Jesus got angry with the religious teachers and leaders of the day for using religion for their own gain and keeping people in bondage. You can read about it in John 2, 13 through 16, Mark 3, 4 through 5. Romans 1, 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. The truth. Boy, if we've ever lived in a day where we need people to speak the truth, it's today. Today. So God gets angry at the wickedness in people and he opposes that wickedness in an effort to turn them from evil that they may find true life and freedom in him. How many has got that life and freedom in him tonight? Even in his anger, God's motivation is love for people to restore the relationship that sin destroyed to then bring his happiness into their lives because God wants us to be happy. Yes, he wants us to be holy but he wants us to be happy He wants us to be wholly happy people. Psalm 30 and verse 5 For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Last of all, I want to say, as Randy mentioned and talked about it, but I'll just say a few things maybe that he didn't say. uh, Where does happiness originate? Well, James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Or the King James says no variables or shadow of turning. So I think we can all understand that good comes from God above and bad comes from the devil. God builds up, the devil tears down. God gives, blesses, satisfies, and takes delight in doing so for his children. But on the other hand, Jesus said the thief likes to do this. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly, life to the full. There's probably no other church, at least in Springfield, maybe Illinois, that has heard that Scripture more than Calvary Church. Because that is the Scripture, that you live by, and that Pastor Mark brings out many times, and, and he signs at the end of his uh, uh, emails, everything's life to the full. How many wants life to the full? Yeah. Living life more abundantly, from the guttermost to the uttermost. We can be abundantly happy. In other words, most of the time, happy, happy, happy. Most of the time. Now, if God isn't happy, how can He make us happy? If we are not happy, how can we expect people to want to be around us? You know, he talked a little bit about that in the video. Happiness needs to become like a disease, contagious. Just like other things are contagious, you know, bad attitude can rub off onto somebody, you know, hang around. Well, so can a good attitude and happiness can touch somebody's heart and life. And when the conversation's over and they've seen how happy you are, they say, you know what? I'd like to be more like that person, and I'm going to strive to be more like that. They told me how they got happy like that, and it's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I haven't tried him. I haven't given him an opportunity in my life, but boy, I sure would like to be happy like that. Not everything's perfect in their life. They told me that, but they're sure happy anyhow, you know. They've got pain in their body, or they've got bills to to pay him. They don't know how they're going to pay Him but they're still happy, and they've got the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Amen? And so, we need to have happiness to be like a disease. Wise choices produce ongoing happiness. Well, if that's the case, then unwise choices can produce ongoing sadness. Comparing yourself with others is unproductive and destructive to your happiness. You know, it's just not going to work to Compare yourself with others. That was one of my problems in ministry in my early days as a younger man. I always looked at all these guys in the Church of God that were pastoring big churches, you know, and looking at some of these state overseers and general overseers, and they had it all together, man. They wore the nicest suits, and they could speak so eloquently and with so much power and passion. And I just leave some conferences thinking, What's the use, <laughs> you know? Why Why did I think? I was comparing myself and my ministry to them. Well, they have been in the ministry a whole lot longer than me, so I had to get to the place where I had to realize, okay, Jim, you've just got to be yourself. You've just got to be who God's called you to be. Pastor Mark has got to be who God's called him to be. Pastor Paul has got to be who God's called him to be. Pastor Dan's got to be who God has called him to be. And you've got to be who God has called you to be. And if you'll do that every day, set your mind to that, then you're going to be a whole lot happier and better off than trying to compare yourself to somebody else and try to walk in their shoes when God didn't call you to walk in their shoes. He called you to walk in your shoes. Can I get an amen? Amen. And last of all, uh, keep on going for God because one day we will fully enter into his happiness. Would you stand? One day when all of this life is over and our work on earth is done, we're going to see him face to face And all you talk about the joy and the happiness. You know, there's loved ones of mine that have gone on, just like you have loved ones that have gone on. But the one that I want to see first and foremost is Jesus. Because if it wasn't for him, we'd have no hope of heaven and eternity with him. And our parents and grandparents, different loved ones, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. And he's what's going to be what makes it heaven for you. Can we bow our heads tonight? I want you to, as I lead you in prayer, I want you to pray, though, too, in concert. And I want you to ask the Lord to just help you, as you're learning from this series, to help you to become a happier christian a happier believer than ever before again balance is key you will experience times of grief sorrow anger all of those different emotions or attributes that come from our life as well but come through it don't get stuck there and when you come through it come out on the other side still the happy person you were before the attack came amen Let's pray to that end. Father, tonight in Jesus' name, I pray for the people of God here in this service, this great group of people, this great group that is gathered tonight on this Wednesday night. And I pray, Lord God, that you would touch us all. I need your touch. They need your touch. We all need your touch. We're living in such uncertain times like never before. And God, there are many things that can weigh us down and bring us down and, and cause us to become sorrowful or sad or, or feel like woe is me or you know gloom, despair, and agony all around. But God, lift us up and show us that you are there in the midst of it all, that you're going to stand and we're going to stand and not fall and we're going to bless your holy name. God, show us the way to happiness that's not through the things that we can accumulate in this world, but it's through that relationship that we have with you as our personal Lord and Savior. You bring that happiness because happiness came from you. Every good and perfect gift, and happiness is one of those gifts, comes from you. And we thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. If there's one here tonight that you need special prayer for anything whatsoever. Pastor Paul is going to be here. I'll be here. And if there are some other prayer team members that want to come up, uh, we'll pray with you. I'm going to walk over that way and come down here and wait just a minute. But if you want special prayer, if you want one of these prayer team members to pray with you, we'd be delighted to do that before we leave or before you go. And if if not, if you don't need prayer, then you're welcome to, to go ahead and be dismissed and remember all the announcements and Most of all, every day of your life, put God first.